everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie, with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Well, like the dog, I have many skin and bladder infections. <laughs> I don't think they say infections. Already. We're way ahead of ourselves, all- sorry. Talking about dog bladders, I don't. we don't really need to do... I think that's not productive, frankly. Fine. Fine. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. We thank all of our patrons. Help us out. Keep the show going. Keep the lights on. Pay for hosting. We appreciate it. This week's episode is Doe in In the Wind. Episode AABF02, originally aired November 15th, 1998. Written by Donick Carey. Directed by Mark Kirkland with an assist by Matthew Nastuk. Received an 8.5 rating, uh, approximately 8.3 million viewers. Finished 40th place in the ratings for that week. Where I guess we're, I don't know if we're ever going to go back to knowing explicitly where it finished in the Fox Network ratings. Fox is like, too embarrassed dig. at that point. They're like, man, our, our best show is, is Alley of Appeal. I don't know if we need to tell people that. Well, I mean, I think, Matt, the it's a fact we may have to confront that their best show may have been Alley McBeal. That's what I'm saying. Everyone was embarrassed about that. Single female lawyer is not so bad. Well, it's better than uh, those players for 90210. Well, we haven't watched them yet, Matt. It's true. Yeah. The, the chalkboard gag. No one cares what my definition of is is. Oh, topical humor. Oh, very, very topical uh, Clinton uh, jokes. Uh, couch gag. A uh, bar comes down over the couch, locking the family in a roller coaster ride. We, we, it's all right. Uh, episode guest stars George Carlin as Munchy and which good name Martin Mull as Seth. Speaking of Seths, oh, not quite the same. Uh, those guys apparently recorded their lines together, which they don't always do when with guest stars. So I, it, I think that's neat. It's a neat thing. It seems like it would lead to better recordings, to be honest, especially when you have comedic people like that. They they play off each other. Yeah, apparently George Carlin was recommended because. Someone wanted to meet them, and then they actually didn't end up meeting them. Aww. Ron Hausch. Ron Hausch wanted to meet him, but then he didn't get a chance, I guess. And now he never will. Um, uh, well, yeah. I'm, yeah. Not anymore. Uh, the episode begins with uh, Burns at the plant. He is having lunch. Apparently, at lunchtime, the smokestacks like, <laughs> blow really hard. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. You know, it's just like on the steamship. Obviously, those just are the same like thing. Just like the same thing. Uh, but he can't get his garlic pickles open. Oh, no. Uh, that's a tragedy. I mean, not really. Pickles are gross. Hey, 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 hey. Only sweet pickles like are gross. Pi- you like pickles? Only dill and garlic. Sweet pickles are You're gross. You're an enigma. You're an enigma, Matt. I can't. I don't know you. Uh, You're the one who doesn't like day. tomatoes, you freak of nature. One of the most delicious fruit in this earth. T- Tomato. Hey, I like tomato the way it should be when it's added a lot of sugar to it. That's my <laughs> course, favorite of version. Of, that's my favorite version of tomatoes. But he can't get his jar of pickles open, and no one else at the plant can either. Apparently, because everyone gets to try, everyone fails. No Homer one has the little tool fails. that helps you get a better grip. I mean, come on, guys. They sell it for like a buck at the flea market. All you have to do is you take it, you turn it upside down, you bang the you bang the, the lid on the edge of a table somewhere a few times all the way around. It loosens it up enough, and then you reveal you open it up. It's not okay. Uh, Homer passes out because it's so such a strenuous activity. However. This is inspired, Mr. Burns. This says inspired Burns to get some new blood at the plant because everyone who works for them is so weak they can't open a jar of pickles, including himself. 
Uh, and to get new blood in the plant, don't drain homework. They make... get actual new blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Metaphorical real blood, not actual blood. Uh, they make a recruitment video with uh, the, the employees as the stars. And action. Wow, what a graduation. I'll say. But with college behind us, we'll need careers and good ones. What about chestnut roasting? People always need chestnuts. Or begging. I know a place that'll saw your legs off. Slow down, fellas. I've got a way we can keep our legs and still have a bright future. Now you're dreaming. Oh, am I? Of course. Nuclear power. It's the job of tomorrow. Today. Really? Well, that settles it. For all those reasons and more, let us choose an electrifying career in... Line. Nuclear power. Nuclear power. Do oh, you thunder-headed stooges are the worst bunch of... Pretty good, huh? Well, it's better than that last Barbara Streisand movie. I didn't quite get the point of it, Dad. Why would Lenny want someone to saw his legs off? Well, there were script problems from day one. Didn't seem like anybody even read the script. That was the problem. <laughs> At least there was a script, even if no one read yeah, it. Yeah, there was. Uh, even if no one read it. Uh, the plant recruitment video is very nice. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it... I think the only my only problem with it is that this whole intro is really just it doesn't matter. None of this is important. Well, that's true of a lot of Simpson intros. I mean, we we always go back and forth on them. I guess that's true. It depends on the quality of it. It's okay. I think it, the the recruitment video itself is very funny. Uh, but because Homer has been in this video, he gets a SAG card. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a, he, he had a line, so therefore he gets a SAG card. Okay, okay. I mean, SAG membership's nice. It gives you insurance. I think that's, and I guess it lets you argue for your union rights. But uh, as he's applying, I guess, for his SAG card, he doesn't know his middle name. And turns out no one else does either. I didn't choose to be a gifted actor, Marge. It chose me. I'm merely a vessel through which genius flows. Now help me make up some phony credit. Fat guy number three? Good, good. Hey, Dad, it says they need your full name. You only put down your middle initial. Hey, what the heck is your middle name anyway? You know, I have no idea. Hey, Dad, what does the J stand for? How should I know? <laughs> it was your mother's job to name you and love you and such. I was mainly in it for the spanking. But I can't ask Mom. She's on the run from the law. Serves her right for being a 60s radical. Oh, she was a demon in the sack. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, Dad, regarding that form, why not just make up a middle name? You might as well. You already made up a phony film credit. No. Homie Simpson does not lie twice on the same form. He never has, and he never will. You lied dozens of times on our mortgage application. Yeah, but they were all part of a single ball of lies. The point is, I'm a grown man, and I deserve a middle name. Hmm. I know where we might find your missing moniker. It's a bit of a drive, but on the way, we can have a nice father-son chat. Great. I'll go shoot myself for bringing this up. <laughs> well, you know, that's just the way it goes. You gotta shoot yourself I, for being stupid and wanting to spend I, time well, with your father. I... Yeah, I I mean, this version of Grandpa is basically, uh, is also, like, is not fun, it's not likable whatsoever, this is the villain, villainous Grandpa of villainous. Mona's memories, <laughs> Yeah, where you're just like, oh, he was actually terrible, that's why Mona left, and so he's that, it's not like Grandpa versus Sexual Inadequacy, Grandpa, or like, I don't know, they... 
season 10 really takes these people like takes our these characters in really dark places and it's our like you know him going oh yeah mona the 60s radical but i sure loved having sex with her just like everybody else haha thanks 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 abe yeah we'll get to those uh jokes in a second um we we get to we we see where we're going we're going to a farm Speaking of, of grandpa versus sexual inadequacy, except hey. this farm is run by some hippies. Some hippies that Mona knew back in the day when she was a radical. And uh, they, I guess they know, they know Abe, and Abe knows them, so... Yeah, so this, this kind of puts the lie to uh, Mother Simpson, and then she, just one night she just left to become a, a hippie. Like, uh, unless there was a phase of her life where she just kind of skipped over, where she became a hippie but didn't actually do anything uh, until she just had to leave one night. I guess that kind of fits in there, but... Uh, yeah, that you can't... We're at a point where the continuity starts like falling apart because they visit like w- like this. The, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about this later in the news group segment a little bit, but the timeline with Homer at Woodstock, kind of this is already like they're changing the timeline from when we the you know the golden year or the origin stories, the the flashbacks, the way we was is and I married Marge's. They change they they're changing that stuff now because they have to because otherwise it just gets like Homer is still thirty six or thirty nine or however old he is <laughs> it's you can't keep him that age unless he's younger in the past and and starts messing stuff up and nowadays they just kind of try and not use it whatsoever I think but well, we meet they the avoid hippies. saying years yeah exactly they're like yeah in the past uh, we meet the hippies it is is Munchie and Seth um. Abe doesn't like them unless he's talking to them at their faces. I remember them, Seth and Munchie. Look at those filthy, lazy, flea-ridden... Oh, hi there! Hey, check it out. Is that Abe Simpson? Jeez, man, we haven't seen you since Woodstock. You went to Woodstock? Your mother dragged us both to that godforsaken love fest! And I'm, I didn't include the Woodstock flashback because it is mostly just Jimi Hendrix distortion and Abe yelling. Which that's mostly Abe's dialogue, completely. Oh, yeah, that's true. But this is not, I don't, I, I don't, like I said, it's kind of villainous Abe where he's, he wants, I mean, Sean and was, was at Woodstock, so I don't, you know, he's not, I guess he, if he likes Sean and that's, that's cool, I guess. Uh, he, I do like Abe in his suit, but Homer in this, in this flashback is like six, maybe he's a small child and Woodstock happened in 1969. And there's literally another flashback in the show that shows Homer uh, pr- as the moon landing is happening, which is also school. a nice, it's, <laughs> he's in high school. So they're the change in the timeline already. Oh no, the change of the timeline. Um, but Homer gets a kind of like, Oh, right. I, you know, Abe is, is, is angry because this is just revisiting the past, revisiting a time in life that he didn't like it because Mona left him and he kept Homer from becoming this, you know, he worked very hard to make sure Homer didn't become a hippie. Uh, these layabouts that started their own business and are very successful. Yeah. How dare they? We don't know that yet. Uh, So we, we don't know that yet, but Ultimately, they come back to what is Homer's middle name, and it is actually revealed on a mural that Mona painted at the farm. If I'd have left it up to your mother, you'd have ended up in a hellhole like this, just lying around, never working, without a care in your head full of long, luxurious hippie hair. 
Oh, Hummer J, how do you keep your hair so rich and full? Lather, rinse, and repeat. Always repeat. Homer J, will you teach us to make love? Wow, I could have lived like that? You know, Homer, your mom was a pretty groovy chick. And a demon in the sack. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard about that, eh? <laughs> you heard. <laughs> anyway, I, I still think about her every time I walk by that mural she painted. Oh, my mother painted that for me? Oh, my God. My middle name is right behind that shrub. I'll finally know what J stands for. From this moment forth, I will be known as Homer J. Simpson. It's so beautiful. What a magical gift for my mother to leave me. She also left her old poncho. Get off of there, Ginsburg. <laughs> Homer J. Simpson revealed Homer J. Simpson. Yep, Homer's middle name is J. J-A-Y. Which... This is weird to me, Matt. Why is that weird? Not, well, it's not, it's a good, I mean, it's a good enough gag, you know? Like, the Homer J thing is, like, it was always just an homage to, uh, 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 Bullwinkle J. Moose, Rocky, like, the, all the old cartoon characters always had J as their middle initial, and so that's what they gave Homer. They never meant to use, like, they never meant to give it a real name in the begin with. And so that they, it becomes J-A-Y, it's, that's a nice enough gag. It's weird to me that they reveal it here. Why is that? This feels, this feels like a thing you reveal at the end of the episode. Well, because this is not really what the episode is all about. I mean, the episode is about Homer being a hippie. Like, is it, the episode structure? Is it not, is it not about his identity? It is, but it's not about the identity you think it's about, which is, is a subtle twist on it. And I agree, I think it would be more interesting if Homer found it out at the end. Like, he, he doesn't find it out here, but he decides to become a hippie, um, you know, and, and then at the end it's revealed that it's supposed to be Homer or Jason. The ending would be a lot better, uh, which, you know, I'm, we're going to get to that, which, you know, obviously the ending is the weakest part of this episode. <laughs> I... Mm. I, I, I guess I, I think that's just – it feels very strange that they ask a question and it's – and then it feels like, hey, we have a whole plot for an episode. It is about Homer trying to find his middle initial, what it stands for. And I think that's like a powerful metaphor about like, hey, he doesn't know what it is. It's connected to his mother, you know, and Mother Simpson is a very impactful episode because it is about, you know, his – mother coming back and had to leave again and he always has whenever he talks about his mother homer always has very like strong feelings and feelings about of 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 regret of missing missing out on having a mother and it feels like that's a very strong thing you could tackle and even like you said including him still becoming a hippie adapting that kind of identity that his mother had and then including the fact that this middle name is like Abe says like it it was her job to name ya like Abe is like this like curmudgeon for this like this explicit Johnny Unitas guy again and it could be a way to delve back into that of uh, that identity of Homer like trying to recover some of his mother's impact on him like his mother certainly would have made him a little bit more hippie a little bit more touchy-feely a little bit more you know adaptive to the hippie ideology let's say and but you could include you can include the search for his name in that somewhere like oh maybe 
he doesn't realize that the mural says it all along until the very end and then he it covers it and it's a it's one it's a it's a solid enough gag and two it could tie into those themes instead they just resolve it right here but then they still go on this thing about being a hippie and it feels like they're connected and it i don't know it seems a little too easy for me well because it feels like they wanted the hippie thing to be the plot and the Homer finding out his middle name was just the impetus to get there. And I agree that Homer finding out his middle name through this could have been more interesting had they done it, you know, the way you're talking about where, you know, as part of the search, uh, you know, Homer discovers he wants to be a hippie and at the end, you know, maybe there's something a little more poignant at the end where he finds out his middle name. Maybe he gets a letter that his mom left him or something about that, uh, and, you know, th- that would have been more interesting, I think. A- a- and it would have been, like I said, a better ending just because, yeah, well, we'll get there. It's, well, yeah, the ending is not great. Uh, Homer sees his middle name and decides that actually I, sh- I should be a hippie. All these things that their Abe is describing as bad, I'm like, actually, they're good. Uh, and, and, and Homer declares his intentions. Just lying around. Never working without a caring. My head full of long, luxurious hippie hair. I'll do it. What? I'm going to be a hippie, just like Mom wanted. I'm going to let my spirit soar and love all of God's creatures. Get off, you stupid dog. That poncho. <laughs> it is disgusting, just like Homer in this episode. It, yeah, I... Oh, maybe... Okay, whatever. We go to commercial. We go to commercial. That's true. And when we come back, uh, Homer decides he's going to learn to be a hippie from the hippiest guy he knows, Bob Hope. Which, why he thinks Bob Hope is a hippie, I could not tell you, but I guess he does? Again, not really I, sure why. Yeah, I, I, again, the this joke, this, like, this Homer becomes a hippie, I, I don't know. It, I, I don't... I think this episode is fine, but it it has a lot of that Homer, like, it's just, it's one gag is that Homer doesn't understand what hippies actually were. Like, it doesn't, like, it is a very superficial understanding of what hippies are, and that's fine for a while, but he never, there. it never transcends that. It never goes past the very surface level of Homer going, oh, yeah, it's flowers in your hair and, you know, being dirty. And, like, that's... That's fine, but there's, there's, there, like, Forrest Gump goes deeper than that. And Forrest Gump, like, it's, I'm not, it's, like, it, it's just, it just is very surface level humor. And I, I, I feel like there's a lot of mileage there in the identity of what hip, a hippie is. And I feel like The Simpsons feel really well equipped to handle that. Like, the, the Simpsons as a show feel like they have a really good arsenal to, 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 to kind of, like, engage with the idea of a hippie especially in 1998 you know like it's it's been 30 years since the late 60s and theoretically homer and marge see that's the thing like this episode is in, is in, homer's engaging with this like he wasn't part of that generation and right. that's i think ulti- like and it's hard to deal with as a simpsons fan because in my head, they are that generation. They're my parents' generation. They're baby boomers. They were, like, if if Homer wasn't a hippie, like, he was, like, a peer to hippies. He knew hippies. And he would know that Bob Hope wasn't a hippie. Like, even Homer. Like, Homer's an idiot, but Bob, Homer would know, like, 
what hippies were and were not. I don't know, though, like, because, I mean, even even in the way we was, or whatever episode it was where we see Homer rocking out during the moon landing, he was, you know, a teenager. And I feel like in order to be a hippie hippie, you had to be, you know, late teens, early 20s by the early 60s. So even then, he wouldn't have known. And if 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 he was, like, six years old during Woodstock, then I could definitely believe that he doesn't understand what hippies really are. Well, I mean, that's the thing. If he was six years old during Woodstock, but that's the problem... And I think that's uh, – I, I don't necessarily blame the episode explicitly because they are trying to move the age forward. But to me, Homer is always going to be a guy who was 16 in 1969. And we can kind of ignore it for continuity's sake so he can stay the same age forever. But I can't – I just can't make that leap. I can't make the leap that he was actually six or that he was born in the 80s, which they – like or the 70s. Like they cha- – you know, they changed it over and over again. It's just – it feels like doing that already kind of it takes away your ammo it takes away the potential of what you can do it just makes it oh homer has no understanding of what hippies are and then instead of actually answering the question of what hippies are it just has him not understanding for 20 minutes basically or 12 yeah, I mean, the whole episode is Homer not really understanding what hippies are and getting his his information from popular culture, which I feel is a Homer thing that they have done before, and they will they will go back to that well constantly. As Homer tries to identify with this trope, and he doesn't get it uh, because Homer Homer doesn't understand culture except what he gets through like the mass media. That's that's one of Homer's well, defining characteristics. Well, I mean, it makes me think of Homer Palooza because it is kind of the like it is you know it's not. Obviously, it's not older culture, but it is at that time relatively modern culture of, you know, of rock, of rock music, of popular music of the mid 90s. And the bands that are in Homer Palooza are it's not like Homer Homer doesn't understand. Like Homer starts the episode like he doesn't you know, they they make the whole joke about with Abe, like uh, I used to be with it and now I don't even know what it is like Homer never becomes obviously becomes a member of of that real culture, but because he's a member of the freak show, he becomes a a popular person and he's able to pal around with the smashing pumpkins and Cypress Hill. And he's adjacent to it. Right. Right. And why are Munchie and Seth putting up with this guy? See, that's the real question is they're just way too nice. I mean, I, I guess that's kind of a trademark of, you know, a lot of hippies from that era is they were nice and they believed in, you know, the general goodness of humanity. Uh, and that's I can only imagine is the real reason they go along with not, you know, killing Homer because <laughs> he's an he, idiot. He does, he does some very bad things. And I think that's the other thing that's my an obstacle for me is Homer just it's just very obnoxious. And I don't get a lot of humor out of that in particular you know no, there's a certain uh, being, level a, of being obnoxious limit. gets you a little bit of laughs but you know for most people it goes away after about five minutes and i guess they just hope that that wouldn't happen I, yeah it's just it keeps going and it, it, i think the fact that i enjoy the episode less and less as it goes on is basically the evidence of it like i think the first act is very solid uh, I don't necessarily like that resolve the J question right away, but I think, you know, it's the, the, the recruitment film is fun. All that stuff happens up to the, that stuff is fun. Then the second act, I, I, I don't know. I, I think the third act is actually, I, you, I say the ending is the worst part. I would say the, this middle act is my, the part of the episode I enjoy the least. I think I like the third act the most. Well, yeah, I definitely enjoyed not, the I, third act as well. It's just the last, you know, 30 seconds makes me want to punch somebody. I, okay, in the face. okay. That's, that's fair enough. Uh, 
All right. Now that we've gone on and on about this, from, from Homer learning about how to be a hippie from Bob Hope, uh, who, who let's, let's be clear here, if you weren't born in the 60s uh, or know anything at all about not Bob Hope, he was not. Uh, Bob Hope not was a member of the greatest generation. Not a hippie at Not a all. hippie whatsoever. <laughs> not even in the slightest. Uh, instead, uh, Homer, like we said, Homer has a very superficial understanding of, of what a hippie is. So uh, he does what he can to take after that. And the family is not too happy about that. Dad, do you mind? Your feet are really close to my potato. Your potato? You can't, like, own a potato, man. It's one of Mother Earth's creatures. Uh. Homer, excuse yourself. No way, Nark. Bodily functions are a natural thing. Not to mention hilarious. <coughs> you know, I really don't appreciate being called a Nark. And that poncho is filthy. Let me dry clean it for you. But you... Why do you have to turn everything into one big plastic hassle? Mark, you got too many hang-ups. Like, the whole shaving trip. Come on, I want to see those legs all furry and gross. That ain't gonna happen, bub. Well, at least lose the bra. Free the Springfield 2, Marge! Free the Springfield 2! I think you've had too much strawberry wine. Uh, yes, so, like we said, Homer is superficial in his understanding of exactly what a hippie is uh he basically is in on the dirtiness uh and the laziness and, and that that's about it I, I don't think he understands the whole movement for peace or anything like that um but you know that's that's homer for you yeah it's it's it is it is a lot of re- it's a lot of references to hippie things of yeah take off your bra or in in homer's gross because now he doesn't wear shoes and uh you know communal ownership of things and, and things like that but it doesn't ever doesn't ever dig into any of that it's just homer talking about those things and then drinking wine and it doesn't if it was <laughs> say homer likes the idea of uh, of not worrying about things too much that that's all he's big on <laughs> i i mean I, I okay i can't let's continue matt okay let's continue <laughs> You're just gonna go around again? Well, yeah, we'll we'll I'll try and sum up some stuff later. Okay. Uh, so Homer, uh, with his newfound hippiedom, uh, goes to see uh, Seth and it was Munchie, right? Munchie. <laughs> yes. Okay. Just just, just That's, making sure that is that is that is correct. Seth yes, and Munchie. Seth, Seth and Munchie, and he goes to see them, and he gets in on the hack, as they call the hacky sack. Uh, but it turns out they were just taking a break because they own the largest uh, juice dispensary in springfield which i guess is saying a lot i I don't know (laughs) it might be it might not be um but at that point uh they go back to work and homer accuses them of selling out their hippie roots uh which sure homer i I guess uh and they they kind of react poorly to this because they don't think they've uh you know sold out their hippie roots they they donate half their profits uh to to war orphans uh, and so, you know, they feel like they're doing a good job. Homer, uh, being traditional jerk Homer, uh, basically, I don't want to say shames them, but, you know, mocks them into doing he, it. He, he he bullies them into doing he, it. That's that a good you don't have to, bully. Thank you. You don't, you don't have to sugarcoat any of this. Homer is kind of... <laughs> I don't like. We asked why would they either of them still hang out with him? Like it is, it is a question of like that's another interesting question that I feel they could have pursued is how do these guys Munchie and Seth who are were hippies are hippies I guess if they you know how do you how do you deal with 
those dual identities of how when you're a hippie, it's anti-establishment, anti-authority. It is, you know, against, you know, anything that is like capitalism, basically corporations. How do you, how do you deal with the fact that now you are that you are the authority that you have aged with that and why making this company that despite the fact that it does charity work by donating profits to whatever it's like you know and i feel like these two guys are clearly modeled after like ben and jerry yeah who are similar kind of like they were hippies and then they started a very successful ice cream company and makes many a lot of money and like yeah they and they did charitable work they donate their money they try and help uh charities and be environmentally conscious as much as they can like how like that those two identities are like counter to each other and how do you deal with that and homer goes oh yeah you guys are sellouts and then they just that's it that's well the they they don't see i i feel like this is a a common thing with people who who you know in their 20s or, or you know 20s to 30s uh have they go after their ideals uh and then later on they decide that you know this is great and all but i can do more doing something else and i feel like that's what happened with these guys is they realized hey you know corporations don't have to be all bad that's just the way most of them are run uh we're gonna have a corporation that provides a useful thing for the community we provide juice you know it's 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 good juice uh and we're also taking any money that we earn and and you know donate it to good causes they're contributing to you know the community in in you know two important ways and yet homer is basically mocking them saying that no you've sold out your ideals when really they haven't they just use different methods essentially yeah uh, and you're right everything you said is right but the episode doesn't try and no no the episode t- basically agrees with homer <laughs> yeah that um, i don't know if it agrees with him like it certainly like it certainly paints him as he is the, like it is that Homer is the main character and Homer is obnoxious and therefore let's just follow him around and we're not like I was going to say this earlier. It's like if Homer the in Homer the heretic, you know, it, it starts off with Homer being right technically and starting his own like he he's like, yeah, I can stay at home and worship God in my own way. And even got a, you know, a vision of God comes to him and says, yeah, it's fine. You know, and then he kind of gets prideful and then gets his his comeuppance doesn't really happen there's no like lesson there's no there's he doesn't learn anything in this it is no he's just a jerk and then he gets shot in the face <laughs> that's a kind of comeuppance i guess yes uh you were gonna play a clip matt before i i, I was i was into we've discussion. been trying to go into that but that's okay anyway so yeah th- this is homer you know bullying the hippies oh, oh! Heads up! Hey, it's Homer J. My man! You've gone granola! Right on! Join the hack! That was cool. You guys stick around. We've got everything we need right here. Good times, sunshine, free love. Okay, time to get back to work. Work? What's your hippies? Oh, we were on a break. Time is money, man. We are the largest organic juice company in Springfield. We grow our own vegetables and process them right here, and we give half the profits to war orphans. Profits, profits, profits! What kind of hippies are you? Peter Fonda must be spinning in his grave.
Yeah, we're just trying to pay the bills, Homer. I mean, we're still hippies at heart. Oh, yeah? When's the last time you freaked out the establishment? You guys are total sellouts. Wait, don't you work for a nuclear power plant? Look, we can sit here all day and play the blame game, or we can start freaking people out. Come on, where's your freak bus? I drive a Saturn. A Saturn? We used to have a bus. In a way, the 60s ended the day we sold it, December 31st, 1969. Yeah, an old-time freakout sounds tempting, Homer, but we've got a big order to fill. Fine. I guess the juice business is more important than the ideals our hippie forefathers refused to go to war and die for. <sighs> I suppose we could duck out for a couple hours. Hey, we'll call it a business trip and write off the mileage. Now your freak flag's flying! Let the freakout begin! Woohoo! Hippie forefathers? Uh, I don't think there was enough generations of hippies to have forefathers. It was th They were the originals. Yeah, it, you know... Homer's bullying technique could really uh, use some yeah, Homer, know, refinement. Yeah, Homer, yeah, not not great. Also, Peter Old Fonda school. not dead still. Yeah, it's again, it, it it's fine. <laughs> it's all I can't. It's it's all the the joke about night the the end of the, the you know the sixties ended when we sold her bus December thirty first nineteen sixty nine <laughs> is a good joke. I and that's the thing. Like it's not this episode's not nearly not not nearly as bad as last week's episode, no. and it, it still has a lot of like funny gags and solid jokes in it. But I feel like it it doesn't really ever engage with that material. It never goes into another like another level of narrative depth. It just becomes like, hey, remember the sixties? Here's jokes about it. Here's some music. Yeah, speaking of music, uh, they do uh, take the Saturn on an old-fashioned freakout, and when they try and play some actual 60s music, Homer replaces it with Uptown Girl, which he, for some reason, thinks will freak somebody out. I Again, huh? Man, Billy Joel, he just shatters people's minds. He really does. It's not one of the most popular artists of all time. Not at all. Nope. Anyway, uh, so as they are in the progress of their freakout, uh, Homer tries to act weird. He, you know, screams weird things out the side of the, the Saturn. Uh, but unfortunately for Homer, uh, Springfield's a weird place. Uh, he, he doesn't even seem to phase anybody. Uh, Krusty, uh, I believe, uh, rides by on a unicycle while he's walking uh, Mr. Teeny, or Mr. Teeny's pulling Krusty. It's it's not really clear what's going on. Uh, and they just he just gets called a weirdo because... <laughs> You know, that's, that's kind of place Springfield is. It, it's not a place where weirdness stands out all that much. Uh, but then he comes across Marge, uh, who is out running some errands, and he uh, intends to freak her out. Uh, but it doesn't go very well for him, unfortunately. Hi, Marge. We're freaking out squares. Mm, Lord. What's in your brand new bag, Mama? Oh, it's that pair of dockers you wanted. 48 waist with the balloon seat, right? <laughs> Marge, not in front of the hippies. Yep, the old balloon seat dockers. That's that's what everyone needs. <laughs> Wish I could find some of those. It'd probably help out quite a bit. I, I, I was going to say, like, you go to department stores, there is no... There's there's limited options for the man with the ample backside. Yeah, there's limited options for anyone who's who's not basically a stick figure, uh, essentially. If I, if I had a pair of pants that actually has enough room in my legs for, you know, my legs, uh, it's a good day. You're a large gentleman, Matt. That's true, I am. And apparently large in the thighs of all weird places. It's all that power. Yeah. That's <laughs> what it takes to, to move my bulk around. <laughs> anyway, uh... From here, uh, the hippies, including Homer, head to the school, uh, where 
Bart and Lisa are hanging out, being themselves. Uh, hopefully... Going to school like children do is what they're doing. Yes, yes. And unfortunately for them, Homer shows up and reads an invisible proclamation shutting down this conformity factory. Uh, why Skinner believes this and then becomes sad, I don't understand. But that's also one of the better jokes in the episode, that Skinner just goes along with it and is like, oh, this is how they tell me after, you know, 22 years. <laughs> A gesture with an invisible proclamation. <sighs> but, yeah, that's that, that's what happens. That is the end of their freakout, as far as we're allowed to see. Uh, when they get back to the, the juicilator, uh, it has been clogged by Homer's frisbee that Homer just threw into the air before they left. And now their entire uh, juice... Uh, shipment is ruined uh, because all the juice fell out. Like, I feel like your your juice machine should have some kind of fault tolerance where if that happens, you know, it, it, it turns off. But, you know, they're hippies, not engineers, at least as far as we know. And uh, their whole thing is ruined and they tell Homer to basically get the heck out. Uh, he has basically ruined them and they're just super angry with him, uh, which is, you know, somewhat unhippy-like, I suppose. And they tell him to get out and Homer is berated by his mural self, which I almost captured, but it's super short and just the mural Homer coming to life and telling Homer that he sucks. And then as he leaves, he throws his, uh, throws his, uh, uh, Frisbee, uh, away, but then it does what Frisbees sometimes do, uh, if they're also boomerangs and comes back and breaks a window and some more juice. And again, really good sight gag to, to end the act as we go to commercial. Yeah. The hippies are like, come on again. again. And I, I, again, they, they just, surface level stuff it, it, it is all it all is you know you get bart and lisa going oh why they don't want homer at the school and homer is just wearing like like a jester hat and like doing like proclamations about conformity factories and all that kind of things and like that's like nice it's just i i would like more you know something else that is not the fact that they he does this freak out and then it ends up being the factory is broke like there's it's a weird mixed message about what homer is actually trying to achieve as a hippie and it mm, i don't it, it doesn't feel like they ever get it going in a certain direction and you would think this is at the time when they do that and i think it it almost gets there i i think it it almost writes the ship it, it almost gets us back to where we want to be because now they don't have enough uh vegetables for their juice so they can't make their next shipment Homer's it's all Homer's fault and that's that's undeniable that's not that's not me editorializing Homer is it is literally Homer's fault that he he, he destroyed this factory basically and the fa he's sad Homer's sad as he because he's be. bad things <laughs> he should be sad yeah the family tries to cheer him up by talking about how dirty he is and in business news, Groovy Grove Juice Corporation has announced it will miss delivery on its third quarter shipment. A spokesman attributed the production shutdown to a half-witted oaf. Oh, we're sweet of those guys to blame an oaf. But really, it was my fault. I just don't have the discipline to be a hippie. Ooh, does this mean you're going to start showering again? Perhaps, in time. Aw, oh, cheer up, Dad. You make a great hippie. Aw, oh, you're just saying that. No, really. You're lazy and self-righteous, and the soles of your feet are jet black. Well, I do walk through pretty much anything. Oh, you kids are sweet. I know you feel bad about the juice incident, but I'm sure you can make up for it somehow. That's it! Somehow! <laughs> yep, that's it. Somehow. So, I, and the, another shot at hippie. Like, this feels, at this point, 
like like a South Park episode, Matt. It kind of does because they're basically just taking pot shots at not hippies in actuality, but like the public perception of hippies. Because South Park, most of the time, is pretty good about that. But sometimes they're basically attacking a straw man uh, and showing that how how dumb the straw man is. And like that, yeah, everyone knows that it's a straw man. No one's actually real about that. And that feels like what they're doing in this episode. And it's it's kind of depressing. Yeah, and it's I I don't know. It's not productive. Like, and it's not really funny to me either. Like, I don't think the hip a hippie is like a good or a bad thing intrinsically. You know, I think that that identity is an interesting one, and I think what that movement accomplished in the late '60s with civil rights and and you know and their and protest against the Vietnam War. Like, I'm I'm generally for the things that they accomplished. I don't necessarily agree with like calling late like bart calls him lazy and self-righteous like bart does it that how does bart know what a hippie is like like that's another like these course yeah i don't self like it just feels like again like writer insert jokes it doesn't feel like bart saying that but homer wants to make it up to the hippies so what he does is goes back to the farm late at night picks all their vegetables and fulfills their juice shipment as needed right matt he, he sure does, because he is able to harvest all of their vegetables and juice them all in one night, even though that is apparently a quarterly job for them. Well, he, he accomplishes that, but there's one problem, in that they did not have enough vegetables to fulfill the rest of that order. Except for their private well, stash. Except, except for their private stash. What's going on? What happened to our crops? I picked them, juiced them, and delivered them to every store in town. Your business is saved. But there weren't enough vegetables left to fill that order. (laughs) That's what I thought at first. But then I found the other garden behind the barn. The one with the camouflage netting. Uh Uh-oh. Homer, those were our personal vegetables. Well, now the whole town can benefit from their nutrients. Um, so... And, and this is a really great segment, honestly. I really like this this last bit here where we see the whole town drinking uh, hallucinogenic organic juice. Also, and real, seeing... quick, real quick, I just, I just have a, a problem uh, in the fact that they have camouflage Uh-oh. netting Uh-oh. over peyote. Like you, you don't you don't have to put camouflage. You put camouflage netting over like marijuana because it's very distinctive. Uh, you you don't have to do that with peyote. No no one cares. <laughs> Matt, they, I don't. They just I again. They, they, I don't think they, I don't think they expect people to know what peyote looks like or what peyote is. They just know that peyote is a hallucinogen. They just saw training day and were like, yes, that's what we want. (laughs) But the peyote goes in everyone, the juices. So everyone drinks it. Everyone hallucinates. We get to see people, uh, people throughout the town, see Flanders hallucinate. We see Barney fight off the peyote hallucinations with alcohol induced hallucinations. I'm just impressed with the number of people that are drinking uh, vegetable juice in Springfield. Yeah, organic. I don't. Again, maybe. Hey, it's a baby. It's a very popular. It's a local. It's a local business. People probably like. Yeah, we want to support them even if their juice tastes like garbage. Well, vegetables. It, yeah, well. vegetable. You don't drink vegetables. They're gross. I mean, people do. It's just gross well, tasting. People, yeah, people. It's we'll just drink. Put that in our in our lawnmower concoction uh, from last week. But it's really cool, and I, I like the, the animation in this. It looks really nice. Uh, it's 
you, you they pull in a lot of uh, 60s iconography from uh, the Grateful Dead, the Rolling Stones, and Pink Floyd. Lots of those bands. They, the, you know, we get uh, throughout the episode. We've heard a lot of 60s music, and you know they they are uh, see uh, Jefferson Airplane is playing during this sequence, but we hear a lot of other 60s bands throughout the time. You know, it it, I, it does a good job of of stage dressing and and giving us that the feeling of that time period. It, it my disappointment is that it just doesn't pass. Be, it, like I feel like that is kind of actually representative of the rest of the episode in that it is like it is there to go oh yeah remember the 60s remember that time period of these this music i'm like well now i was in, i was born in 1985 so yeah. i really i don't know anything about the 60s um you young yeah the 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 whole the 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 whole the whole town uh freaks out because homer uh made drug juice um and then wiggum i guess wiggum can recognize peyote by taste yeah, yeah. I think Wiggum's been drinking a little too much peyote on his own. If he can do that, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I don't know. It, he 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 because because uh, Lou is uh, freaking out a little, a little balls. bit because of drinking the yeah drinking the drinking the peyote. Uh, so they raid the farm, even though there's none. There's there's nothing left. Uh, uh, it doesn't. Again, the there's the full kind of... SWAT team to arrest a couple of hippies who are offering no resistance. That that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, again, that is, like, another, like, if you went a one step further, you could talk about, like, you know, not peaceful resistance and, uh, you know, uh, police, you know, militarization or something about, you know, that is a very, like, and we get to the last scene of this episode, and I, it kind of, everything just, like, I feel like it is getting back on track because it like it puts everything in one line of like okay this is about the peyote and about the town hallucinating and we have the police coming to the hippies and and there is a standoff with the SWAT team facing off hippies and Homer attention hippies come out peacefully so we can smash your drug mill and all your worldly possessions officer please we can explain not so fast, pig. We're making a stand. A freaky stand. You can smash this drug barn all you want, but first you'll have to smash our heads open like ripe melons. This man does not represent us. All right, boys. Set your nightsticks on Womp. Uh, mine's stuck on twirl. Oh, for the love of... There. Now let's crack some skulls. That munchy. They can destroy our bodies and our ponchos, but they can never silence our song of protest. Uptown girl, she's been living in her white bread world. Come on, guys. Forget the clubs, just shoot them. Look at yourselves, pointing guns at your fellow man. Hatred is a cage that keeps us from soaring free. Yes, the 60s may be dead and gone, and its spirit long since extinguished. But its ideals live on. Freedom, love, and peace. Doctor, will he be all right? Yes, he was lucky. If that had been a gladiola, he'd be dead right now. Why don't you just pull it out? (laughs) I'm a doctor, not a gardener. Can't you just prune some of the leaves so I can watch TV? What did I just say? I'm not a gardener, Jim. I'm a doctor. <laughs> good. It's good job. Good job, Matt. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, that was the only good part I, of that. I, that whole last minute. <laughs> I. 
it, again, it, like Homer's little speech there about like, I, that's what I wanted. You know, I want more of that of like, Hey, yeah, actually the sixties, that was a very specific time in history of American history. And ultimately we've kind of moved on. And a lot of the people who were part of it grew up and changed and maybe actually aren't like they might actively not care about any of that stuff anymore. And like, it just, the rest of the episode kind of defeats that. And especially Homer gets shot in the face, Matt. Yep, Homer is dead. This is obviously a fake Homer. (laughs) Yeah, like, I can't, like, it's just so, like, I talk about, like, I feel like maybe I'm a little too critical about the cartoonish violence use of it in more recent seasons. But Homer has a flower coming out of his head. Which is, it's obviously has grown since it got embedded into his head because it's bigger than the one he gets shot with. So It does, like, I I just, I I don't, and like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Why? I don't know why. Like, it just feels like it falls, it, it, like, they're about to pull everything into a, like, maybe a, like, a different ending where he doesn't get shot. Yeah, if he had just gotten clubbed for a little while, that would have made more sense, and Homer would have gone, eh, you know what, maybe being a hippie's not worth it. I, I don't, like, it. it's okay to, like, not go, like, I think it's going to be a complaint I have over the next few seasons, but it's okay to not go with, like, the most cynical ending possible. It's okay to have a nice ending where good things happen and where Homer maybe convinces the police that, yeah, that that peace, love, and understanding is still alive today, even if the hippie movement is basically not. And the cops go, okay, yeah, you're right, and they all drink peyote together. Whatever. Or, it doesn't or, matter. Or they're like, you know what, maybe you're right. And Homer says, thanks, pigs, and gets smacked in the head. You know, a little bit of cartoon violence, but not getting shot in the face. Yeah, getting shot in the face is just a bridge too far for me. It's just, it's just, it's such an extraordinary act of violence. And... You're, the Simpsons, are, are, you can't do that just at the very end and expect it to mean anything and then go, oh, Homer's actually fine. We want to approach. Uh, okay, I'm going off. I'm, I'm Dennis Miller over here going off on a rant. <laughs> I, I, I think this episode has some really good stuff in it. And then it has moments like this, which are emblematic of a lot of season 10, 11, 12, 13. Like that era. This is like this ex- extraordinarily cynical ending, and it kind of and there and there's cynicism throughout it. You know, it, it demonstrated towards the hippie movement and hippies and people who were like, like my parents were hippies, and like they're fine. Like they're not the best. Like they're not like saints or something. But my dad, they're both. They work hard and they're they worked hard in their lives. And there's plenty of other people who are just the same way who identified with that and agreed with what the hippies did and are. I don't know. Having Homer just get shot in the face for I guess he is an obnoxious jerk for a lot of this episode, so that's his recompense. But I guess it. I don't know. It feels like it is too much. It's just it's okay. Like I like I. Hey, here I like the sweet endings. I like you think like I compared. I, I talked about Mother Simpson earlier, and you think about the ending to Mother Simpson, which is like one of the most touching, heartfelt endings of any of the epi- any episode, and. This episode references Mona. It it, it it touches on her, and and like it is the it, she is the impetus for a lot of the stuff in it. Uh, basically, I mean, Mona would have hated everything Homer does in this episode, and I feel like it kind of tarnishes 
you know, the message she had in the episode about her. Like, it, she, he ruins everything that she would have wanted for him. And I, I wish Homer would have at least realized that in the end. I mean, like, Homer is yeah. dumb. Like, the difference between cynicism and satire is satire has a message and that it hopes we learn from. Cynicism just wants to point out how cool it is, that it realizes how bad things are. And the Simpsons have always been very good at satire up until this point when they seem to descend into wackiness and cynicism. Yeah, and I don't really, I don't like it in the the My Simpsons. I don't no. need a lot of like. There's this, a, a healthy amount, like a a a dash of cynicism is okay. You it's know, it, it, to flavor the soup. But I don't need it to override everything. I especially don't want it at the end of the episode. I don't want. I don't want anyone getting shot in the face with a gun. Ideally, in my Simpsons. No, it, I don't want anyone. I don't care who it is. Even Mr. Burns can get even, shot in the chest, but not in the face. I mean, he survives. And then and they make two episodes about it. Like, it is an important, serious thing. Uh, Alec Baldwin shouldn't even get shot in the face. That's Not true. even Alec Baldwin. He, he should get shot in, like, the leg or something. Like, he does in all his movies. No. Alex, he's he's a fine person, I'm sure. Maybe not, depending <laughs> on what, you, what I hear. He's better than it's his brother. To say. Which one? Adam. Oh. oh, right. Yeah, that's true. Adam is a... He's a scumbag. There's a lot of, <laughs> You know, Firefly's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like Full Metal Jacket too. He's in that. Um, that's the that's the end of the episode. I'm again complain. We're complaining a lot in this one. I I don't think it's it it is better than last week. It has some good gags in it, and it has a lot of like ingredients that I feel like if they are mixed differently, it would be it could be a good to great episode. It feels like it just doesn't know where it's going. It doesn't know what he's doing. It just is feels like they got to the point where Homer becomes a hippie, and then they just kind of threw a bunch of jokes on top and just structure the episode around the jokes they had. Versus the other way around. Right. Which is, it's one way of doing an episode, and sometimes it works. If you have good people in the writer's room and you have a good showrunner, but sometimes you end up with stuff like this. And I almost feel like this is kind of what happens in current seasons, it feels like a lot of the time, is that this kind of thing happens where you structure the episode around a joke or a tiny little thing, and then it just kind of goes off the rails and gets away from you. We will rank it at the end of the show. Uh, no submissions for this for my favorite episode. However, if you do have one, send it into SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com, explaining why a certain episode is your favorite. Uh, read it when we get there. Uh, next up, Matt, it is time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I will come through the old Alt.tv.sys news group to see what people are talking about uh, the week or two after an episode debuted. It's archived on Google Groups if you want to check it out. Um... I mean, most like most people on there like it well enough, you know. It's like ab- above average ish, which mostly. is weird because I, I think we came down solid on below average, but still okay, way better than last week. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like maybe they. I don't know. There's it, it, I, I I we're in the we're past the point of no return here, Matt. We're in uncharted territory, uh. and I don't know. I I don't have a good barometer on the news group anymore because I feel like it has. The people there, I don't know. They they don't have. Uh, we, I don't have a like. A, uh, I don't understand who they are. I don't like. They like. They some people. They a lot of people love episode last week, which we. I don't know about hated. We definitely dislike, and they think this one is. Some people, I guess, it's not as good. Like the consensus is lower on this one than it was on last week's episode. So I don't I, I don't know what to like every week I'm kind of surprised. I don't know what to what to get out of it anymore. It, like I, I there were some people who didn't like it. Uh, it's not like everyone liked it. There but I think it's mostly yeah, it's this was fine, which I think I'm mostly I mostly agree honestly. I think it's it's fine, you know. It's it 
it moves, you know, and it's not a, it's not last week's episode. No, there's <laughs> some good jokes, and it's not completely pointless. And hey, what do you know? One of the main family characters, or at least a Springfield normal person, is, is the focus of the episode. So there's that. There is that. Uh, also, there's people. This and this is, I think, people. I talked touched on this earlier about the age difference and the and people changing. Uh, you know, the writers changing the timeline in the news news group. People are talking about it. They're talking about like, why is Homer six or whatever during Woodstock when he, or when like the moon landing was 69 and he was a teenager and they're like, well, they don't age. So you have to move the past up. So he, it, his birthday is now 1963. It was 1956. Now it's 1963. Yep. Uh, when we, when we, the Simpsons, when the Simpsons started, uh, Homer was our parents age. Now he is our age. Yeah, it's a little bit weird to yeah, think about. It's, it's comic books. It's anything with a sliding time scale. It's like only soap operas have the uh, the hood spot to actually age their characters. Yeah, we touched on that when we did our list of question about changing the show. I think, you know, aging characters was a very popular answer. And I think I, it's a thing I wish they kind of just done and pulled the trigger on it. But it's too late now. Yeah. Um, That's it for news group stuff. Not a lot. Um, a comment about Saturns, I suppose. There was one of those, but... Saturns. Saturn's. Remember Saturn's? They were cars. <laughs> they were cheap cars. <laughs> they were. They were They were cheap cars. And all plastic, for the most part. Uh, we can move on to our uh, our next segment. It is time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite celebrity that appeared as themselves? Uh, tons of great answers. Do appreciate everyone takes the time. Uh, first from v- Vegas Joey, uh, his answer, James Woods, uh, the you're you and I'm me scene alone is fantastic. And just the thought of James Woods running a small town convenience store is gold. Uh, Kevin, all the baseball players at home at the bat. James Wood at the Quickie Mart and Sting when Bart gets stuck in the well. He's a good digger. Uh, Rob, uh, Bette Miller because she owned a horse with Krusty. Crudler. Uh, Sean, have to pick Johnny Carson, the greatest entertainer in the world. Proved it with beating Krusty at tennis. Lifting and juggling a Buick over his head while singing opera. And most tap dancing while playing the accordion and bouncing a piece of wood on his head with Jasper and Grandpa. Playing checkers on it. In short, he earned it. Uh, Joe's answer, she's not Xena. She's Lucy Lawless. <laughs> Wait a minute. Xena can't fly. I keep telling you, I'm not Xena. Uh, Jason, uh, Mick Jagger, and Keith Richards in Fantasy Rock Band Camp. All the cameos really made that fun episode and plenty of laughs. Anna's answer, my favorite is Leonard Nimoy narrating the X-Files episode. I want to give a shout-out to writer Amy Tan, though. Uh, oh, yeah. Jean-Pierre, I've always enjoyed it whenever they bring in celebs from the comic book world. Neil Gaiman was fun in the Book Job episode. Never forget Alan Moore and Al Spiegel and Daniel Klaus on Husband and Knives. Perhaps my favorite Stan Lee is himself, playing an old coot version of himself, just hanging around a comic book store in I Am Furious Yellow. Also thought the visual gag of him forced the incredible talk into the 60s TV era of Batmobile is absolutely hilarious. Oh, yes, of course, have to mention Adam West. Remember the Bat-Tootsie? Oh. Ha. Hey. Who? Uh, Sarah, Tom Hanks in the Simpsons movie. Tassel my hair, Mr. Hanks. Uh, Tom, Rodney Dangerfield. Despite him suggesting my motto should be Semper Fudge, that guy's all right, I tell you. I don't know if that counts uh, as him playing himself, but, you know, it's close enough, I feel. Matt, I'm going to count it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, he looks like Rodney Dangerfield. He acts like Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, that's true. He talks like that. It, just because, okay, they included him as a family member of mr burns he didn't even grow up with mr burns as a parent so he's okay robbie uh ron howard was amazing absolutely love his performance uh mike's answer to quote ralph i pick ken griffey jr (laughs) 
That's a, I like that. Uh, employee million at O Benjamin. Uh, just had to be the week Stephen Hawking died. I'd have to say Tito Puente. The song he wrote for his episode was fantastic. Senor Burns. Uh, Cody at Coats McGoats. Going to have to say Flea. Hey, Mo. Uh, that read cracks me up. Uh, Stephen at Stephen K. Mark. In honor of National Pie Day, answer has to be Stephen Hawking. Uh, rest in peace to the man, the myth, the legend, to the donut-shaped universe. Uh, Brandon at Funny Film Fan, Bette Miller, I want her to adopt the highway near where I live. Uh, Lauren, El Columbia 88, I love the Ron Howard cameo. It's my favorite is when he steals Homer movie, Homer's movie idea about a man who travels back in time for some reason whose best friend is a talking pie. Have to include the pie. Uh, Timothy at Timothy, Timothy Burleson, Alec Baldwin, Kim Basinger, JK. Of course it's Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> the total sincerity he shows to a bunch of fourth graders about his 50s movies is great, and he clearly has no real idea what The Simpsons even is. It is kind of charming. Uh, five forward system at five forward system. Gary Coleman forever. If you prawn sh- shy of a galaxy, uh, Jacob, Jacob Sorry. at hardware four. Ed Bagley jr. I prefer a vehicle that doesn't mother doesn't hurt mother earth. It's a go-kart powered by my own sense of self-satisfaction. Uh, and finally from Brian at Brian, Brian, Oway, you know, favorite celebrity appearance is sting sending his love down the well, probably a popular answer, but it's great. Matt, what is your answer? It is really hard to choose. There are three that stand out. Uh, obviously, Johnny Carson, uh, because I, I don't know. Obviously, Johnny Carson was before our time. I did not realize what a cool guy Johnny Carson was, uh, how, how intelligent and, and well-mannered he was until I, I started reading about him uh, a few years back. He, he was a great guy. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, obviously great. But I'm going to have to go with Neil Gaiman in the book job. We're not going to get there for a really long time, but that is a standout episode uh, of later seasons. It is way better than it has any right to be. Uh, and he is perfect in it. He he just he's obviously not really playing himself. He plays someone named Neil Gaiman, but he, it's just it's so great. I cannot wait till we get there and talk about it. But he is fantastic in it. This is really tough for me. I would guess, but Bob Newhart, I think. Oh yeah, that was a good one. The Krusty's funeral. I I I I like Bob Newhart quite a bit, and that's my answer for today. If you ask me tomorrow, I might have a different answer, but I think Bob Newhart is really great because. There's no reason he should be in that episode. Like, there's no reason for Bob Newhart, the man, like, and I think they are aware of that. And, like, Bob Newhart just is like, yeah, he's playing a version of himself that un- isn't, understands, like, why am I in this show? Like, why am I at this funeral? Why is this happening? Etc. Uh, next week's question. This is, all, this is all on Matt. All right, guys? This is Matt. <laughs> this, this is, is what I just original. threw out to Robbie because he couldn't come up with one. <laughs> I didn't have an answer, Matt, and Matt gave us one, and I like it. So what scene of this, what Simpsons scene has grossed you out the most? The Simpsons aren't necessarily always big on gross out humor, but we're entering seasons where it becomes more and more, uh, uh, important. yeah, maybe, uh, but, uh, I'll, what grossed you out the most? Uh, we'll post this question on our social media, facebook.com slash the Simpsons show pod, Twitter at Simpsons show pod, and you can email us at Simpsons at gmail.com. Uh, next up, Matt, it is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. Uh, we might be drinking lawn, I might be drinking lawnmowers in this season, Matt. I don't know what we're doing yet, but we'll figure it out. Uh, I'll start us off with you, I'll start you off with an easy question. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Uh, these are all from Bart's inner child. Ooh, okay. Your easy question. Springfield is visited by what self-help guru? That would be Brad Goodman. That is correct. All right. Okay. Uh, yours are all over the pl- from all over the place today. Uh, your easy question. What happened to Frank Grimes on his 18th birthday? This is really only easy for you. <laughs> he got blown up in a silo explosion. You are correct. 
eventually he learned how to feel pain again, which is an important skill to have, you know. He, he taught himself to learn to feel pain again, I believe <laughs> oh. is what they say. Your medium question, Matthew. Troy McClure is drinking what during the Brad Goodman infomercial? Oh, um, Sun and Run, uh, the suntan lotion that's also a laxative. Oh, no, no, sorry. That is that is the one before that. Uh, he is drinking, um, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, sweet liquor eases the pain where it would if I could remember what he's drinking. <laughs> oh, uh, fortified wine. That is what he's drinking. In what form? In what form? What is he drinking from? What is I mean, from a can. There you go. Okay. Thank you. A can sorry. of fortified wine. That's oh. what I'm looking for. Okay, sorry. A can of fortified wine. There you go. <laughs> I think it's vital that you say a can of fortified wine. I don't know what fortified wine comes in. I just assumed it came in a can. Not generally, Matt. Oh, okay. I think it's a canned. You, this, yes, all those times I go go get six packs of fortified wine. I don't. I've never seen fortified wine in person, or even heard it talked about anywhere else besides The Simpsons. So you'll have to forgive me. How oft? How often do you go to liquor stores, Matt? Uh, you know, once a month or so when I'm dragged along. <laughs> Okay, and what do you look at while you're there? Uh, usually liquor and craft beers. You're not studying the wines? Uh, not particularly, no. Okay, all right. What's my medium question? <laughs> all right, sir. Your medium question. In Bart the General, what are the three good wars uh, that Bart says are an exception to the rule? Uh, the Revolutionary War, World War Two, and Star Wars. You're not even more specific on the last one. What do you mean, more specific about Star Wars? There wasn't. There was no other one. There was only Star Wars. There was... What are you talking about? More specific. I'll give it to you, but he says the Star Wars trilogy, not just Star Wars. Star Wars is the Star Wars trilogy, Matt. The, the original movie is only the new, A New Hope. Uh, I'm pretty sure at the time that this came out, the first one was always still known as Star Wars. What year is it today, Matt? <sighs> Fine. Just saying. It's 2018. I am not. I don't. I don't. I don't travel back in time to answer your questions. All right. I. Whatever. Star Wars. The Star Wars. You talked about a war. It's a Star War. The Star War. The Star War. Star War. <laughs> okay. Your hard question, Matt. Let's see if this act one is actually hard because oh, I, I don't even – I don't know anymore. You've, you've broken my brain. <laughs> uh, the free trampoline, the free trampopoline uh-huh. is available at what address? Oh, okay. It's one of those flashed up on the screen for a, f- a fraction of a second, isn't it? I have no idea. And it's also apparently we get we I guess it's Krusty's address because that's where yeah or one of his addresses it's also not his mansion so yeah, maybe it's, it's, it's a regular house like, that he's in. <laughs> uh, it's five three four Center Street. Of course, yep, totally would have known that. Yep, I hey, it's hard, Matt. I don't I know, expect I know. you to know everything. All right, what is my hard question, Matt? Your hard question is a doozy this week, uh, but uh, you know sometimes oh, you surprise me. Oh, great. All right. What are the Jewish scholars that Rabbi Krestovsky guesses said Lisa's final quote that were incorrect? I don't. I, I, I'll tell you right now. I do know. I do not know this. Uh, it, it is. I know, I know the correct source is Sammy Javis Jr., an entertainer like your son. But you do not know the per- people that he lists. Uh, you're not even going to try? I, well, I, well, you just want me to guess random? No, no, I, I, I didn't know how, how little you knew about Jewish, uh, I, you know. How, how little I know, how little I know about everything is probably not, <laughs> it's the, less than you think. What is Fair the enough. correct answer? Uh, it is Judah the Pious, Rabbi Hillel, Maimonides, and the Dead Sea Scrolls. Don't, yep. I mean, I know, I know Hillel is the, uh, the, uh, Jewish fraternity housing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the Dead Sea Scrolls I know what those are huh? I don't I was not gonna answer any of those right no oh, okay. uh that's that ties us for today which is I'll accept that uh it's better <laughs> than the alternative 
Um, I do have some bonus questions. For All right. You. These are from John. John's uh, been a trooper, sending a lot of them for us. Uh, these are regarding fictional video games that have appeared in The Simpsons. Okay. Name the first episode in which these video games appear. Oh, Lord. So, uh, Dingo Dash. Oh, um, I believe that is Lisa Gets an A. That is correct, and that is our next episode, so I think right. it's appropriate. Uh, Kevin Costner's Waterworld. Oh, I have no idea. I can't even picture it. The Springfield Files. Oh, that's right, because the park goes to the arcade. Okay. Uh, Super Slugfest. Uh, Moaning Lisa. Correct. Wow, that's impressive. Billy Graham's Bible Blaster. Oh, gosh. Um, nothing. I got nothing. Alone Again, Natural Natura Diddly. Oh, of course. Next season, Larry the Looter. You have reached the level of ungrateful grandchild. Um, oh, uh, uh, oh, the one with the the the, the Boy Scouts. Um, nope. Bo- it's not Boy Scouts in the hood. Nope. Oh, then I have no idea. Radio Bart. Huh. Okay. Speaking of speaking of good di- di- good diggers like Stink. Yeah. Uh, Disemboweler Four. Oh, uh, that is uh, Homer Badman. Correct. My dinner with Andre. The video game. <laughs> Tell me more. No trench and insights or Bon Mo for Martin. Um, no idea. That is Boy Scouts in the Hood. Oh, okay. Of course. <laughs> Hockey Dad. No, Dad. It's just assault. Don't make it murder. Um, that's going to be a later day, later season. I don't know. The Regina monologues or Regina. Oh monologues, yeah, that's season fifteen. Correct. Uh, you got that right. Uh, <laughs> Earthland Realms is our final bit game. Oh, that is a, actually a, a surprisingly good episode, but I do not have any idea what it's named. Marge Gamer is the name of that episode. Oh wow! And I should have just guessed random things about it then. <laughs> guess you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Wow uh, Addict. You would you would like Earthland Realms, wouldn't you? Probably not. It, it seems uh, a little too harsh on the whole death penalty. <laughs> no permadeath, Matt. No permadeath. Sorry. Okay, that's, that's too bad. That that'll do it for trivia for this week. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. The segment we had every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. So bad. Yes. Where do we do, where do we put this one? Oh, well, let's see. Last week, we were way down on 195. <laughs> I think we're above That's that. last place. It's, yeah. I think it is, it is def, it is not worse than when you dish upon a star. Okay. I think it is, I, I'm, I'm, I, 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 compl- I think I've criticized this episode a lot. I think it is largely because I'm kind of disappointed in it. Not really that I hate it or anything. Right. I feel like I, I. I I think a lot about how the show is a, how it treats that generation about how it looks at the baby boomers and and the hippies were a part of that culture and how it brings up the legacy of Mona how it brings up ho- the legacy the identity of Homer's name and like if you had told me like that general idea of this episode I'd be like, oh, they could really do a lot of interesting things with it. And instead, it just becomes a lot of jokes about how hippies are smelly and dirty. And I'm like, that's just not, I don't care. Like, that does nothing for me. Uh, But, I mean, it's like there's good comedy writing in it. And I think that, like, there's a lot of really funny things in it. It's just, like, this general plot kind of fails. It just doesn't achieve what it's like, like anything. It just becomes like, watch us do some jokes about hippies and these guys while Homer's around. And that's not, it's not bad. He's not, it's not nearly as bad as last week's. I don't know it, but it's still not good. It's like mediocre. 
That's why I'm looking. I'm actually looking not because the, the problem with if you have a mediocre Simpsons episode, it still puts it probably in the bottom quarter of our list. Like I'm looking somewhere yeah. around like 153, 150. You know, Bart gets hit by a car. You know, uh, I would feud. put it below that. And so would I. That's why I'm looking. Like, these are the tops of one of the like the Cartridge Family. That was the, the big episode we had a big problem with. Uh, I think last season. Uh, I think this is maybe slightly better than the Cartridge Family, but not by much. Let, let, let me ask you a fan, uh, ask you a question, man. Is it better than Realty Bites? Let's start there. Ooh. Um, I gotta say no. Realty Bites had a lot of problems, uh, but I still feel like it had more redeeming qualities than this episode does. Well, Realty Bites is at 183. Oh, okay. Wow, that's pretty close to the end. Jeez. Um, yeah, exactly. Mm. And I think you're right in that, yeah, you like even episodes in this 150s, 160s are episodes I still like and I think are good. Even lower. Like, there's our season one episodes are kind of at the end here, and I still like season one. I still watch them a lot of the time. Um, I think that's the that's the what we're up against here is when we say, oh, an episode's mediocre. Well, that puts it pretty low in the list because most of the, like the baseline up to this point for Simpsons episode is good. Yeah, you know, at worst, at worst, it's good. Um, if it's not as, I don't know if it, I, I I've kind of mixed feelings. I, I don't know if it's necessarily better than Realty Bites, but I don't think it's that. If it's worse than Realty Bites, I don't think it's that much worse. No, I mean, like, looking below that, you got a whole bunch of season one episodes, and I think it's still better than those. Okay, is it better than Simpson Tide? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 Which mm, I think is yeah. Okay, it's better than. I think I agree with you there. I think it's better than Simpson Tide. How about is it better than Bart the Genius? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's better than Bart the Genius, but not by much. I think there's no disgrace like home is just above this because that that gives us a a great window into what the Simpsons are like. Uh, and, and you know, it, it's still funny. There's there's actually more laughs in that episode than there are in this one. Okay, I can. I'm fine with that. I'm not gonna split hairs down here. Um, and it's not like this isn't. Again, don't in the wind is fine. I think that's where I'm at. It's fine, but fine is not fine. Is uh is is when I'm calling a Simpsons episode fine. That's not good. No, it is definitely not. That 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 means we're we have gone to a bad place. Luckily, luckily, I think we have a better episode uh, next week. In Lisa gets a day. Hopefully. I remember liking Lisa Gets an A. It's a Lisa episode. It has, I don't know. We'll see. I haven't watched it in a long time, so maybe we'll be, I'll be surprised that it. I'll dislike it. But maybe well, I won't. We'll see. Um, that puts Doing in the Wind at 187. Uh, right below, There's No Disgrace at Home, right above Bart the Genius. Last place is When You Dish Upon a Star. And number 196, first place is still Homer's Enemy. Our next episode is Lisa Gets an A. We'll get, that, get to that next week. Uh, I think that'll do it for us today. Um, please check uh, our website, simpsonshow.com. I'm working on building a new one. It's a big pain in the butt, but I'm working on it. And hopefully with that, we'll have all our episodes archived up on the RSS feed. So we can, you can listen to all our old episodes that are, have bad production and we didn't know what we were doing. So that's good. <laughs> there are quite a few of those. Well, we got out of it by the end. Of, I think by the end of the second season, we knew what we were doing. Even maybe halfway through the second season, we, yeah. we were in better shape. Just like the Simpsons. Uh, just like the Simpsons. We have it's a nice, and now we're gonna get worse. Just like the Simpsons. Hope, hope, uh, hope not. Well, yeah. Um. Uh. You uh, let's see. Check out. Uh, I'm. 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 I'm losing myself, man. You can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Check out my other podcasts. They get some boys comics hours about comic books and the serial fanatics about all kinds of nerdy things. The most recent episode is about me. Uh, me with uh, a friend of the show, Andrew Bloom, talking about. Uh, a video game, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, a spectacular game in a great episode 
uh, definitely listen if you've played it. If you haven't played it, go play it. It's a good game. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media. Let's start a little Patreon backer. You will not find him. Uh, yes, to escape the uh, wonderful tide of sewage that seems to be consuming our culture, I've decided to move underground where the sewage is a little less stinky. So if you got a message for me, just give it a quick little flushy flush, and uh, I'll eventually pick it out. That's disgusting, Matt. Well, so was, you know, most of what's going on in the world today. Touche. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.